Hola, hola. You're listening to Cerveza Escucha, Seen and Heard, a language justice podcast for healers, cultural workers, medicine makers, and stewards of the land. Cerveza Escucha is a project of the Center for Participatory Change. I am Ada Volkmer, and today I am joined by language justice interpreter and plant mommy, Naira Adriana Pacheco Guzman, and LJ organizer and folk healer, Sara Nunez. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Ada. Hola, hola. Hola. I am very excited to have both of you here. This is the last episode of our third season, and we are ending it kind of with, with light, with some hope, um, and with some offerings and tools for, for our listeners and for everyone out there. So we are going to start with introductions. I don't know, Sara, Naira, who wants to go first, if you will introduce yourselves. Hi, uh, everybody. Thank you, Ada. Thank you, Cerveza Escucha team, for having me. Uh, my name is Naira Adriana Pacheco Guzman. My pronoun is she and ella in Espanol. And I am calling in from Los Angeles, California. I raised in uh, the central coast of California, mainly Santa Barbara, and originally from Oaxaca, Mexico. So. Uh, happy to be checking in here from Tongva territory. Beth and Naida. Yes, yes. So happy to be here too. Hey, y'all. I'm Sarah Nunez calling from Louisville, Kentucky. I was uh, born in Bogota, Colombia, raised in North Carolina, uh, spent uh, most of my adult life in North Carolina and um, have known Ada now for feels like half my life. So excited to be here and in community with you all. Thank you. Thank you both for, for being here. I'm really excited that we have like, um, you know, a representation, West Coast and East Coast representation uh, as we talk about plantitas and herbs and herb medicine. So I think that's going to be, I like that there's like, wherever you are, there's going to be something, something for you. Um, so I want to ask you all how... Um, we're going to be talking about like herbs, herbal medicine, um, plant support. So I want to ask you all, how did this come into your life? How did plantitas and yerbitas come into your life? Yeah. So, you know, I think my one of my first memories uh, was when I was a child uh, making, you know, when you'd sit in the grass and the uh, clovers have uh, flowers and they're red and they're white. So I would take those flowers and make them into, tie them really, you know, well, the best I could without breaking the stems off uh, and tie them and make a crown for my hair. And so as, you know, just playing as a child. And so little did I know back then how medicinal clovers are, uh, but was probably my first memory of playing and enjoying, right, like nature's medicine and plant medicine. Mm but without even like really knowing what was, you know, happening. And so I think into my teens, I uh, played a lot more with herbs, but more from this like learning about them as a way because I had so much trauma and so much healing to do from childhood and from life that like herbs, just herbs and plants, right? Like so growing in my garden 
and then making stuff um, at home and then sharing it with my friends and watching mm-hmm. it like transform my life and transform my friends' lives was mm-hmm. uh, just really inspiring and also um, just started to make such a huge difference. And then, you know, started learning from different teachers, uh, you know, spent a lot of time going to the Southeastern Women's Herbal Conference uh, hosted in um, Western North Carolina. And just like my friends would like share with me, oh, I have a cold, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll take some licorice or mm-hmm. mullen or right, drink mm-hmm. this tea and hey, I've grown it. And can you, here's what it looks like mm-hmm. when it's growing. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. wow. And so just constantly learning uh, from, you know, friends and then, uh, teachers and elders. Um, and so then just, you know, takes me into my like thirties and forties where I just started a deeper dive. And I think now, um, after, you know, the racial uprisings and the, and the, um, and, and COVID and being in quarantine, um, and starting, um, this herb collective called the off door herb collective, I'm really in this state of diving a lot deeper into the practices and um, into my own recipes and um, offering those out to community in a more public way, where I think uh-huh. most of yeah. it has always been real private, just kind of between me and my family and friends and loved yeah. ones, but definitely it's just like sort of spreading the wings and becoming more open to one growing and learning, teaching mm-hmm. others, and then also like providing um, recipes and, and, and things out to communities. Yeah. Inaida? Yeah, I uh, I think my connection to to working with with plants uh, is also rooted in 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 my childhood. Um, you know, I recall growing up in in Mexico, and one of my favorite things to do coming home from school, um, you know, was just like running to to my backyard to my patio. And just like saying hi to all the all the chickens and the roosters and the cotorro that always said bad words and um, just running to like the back of the of the patio where um, one of my uncles would always be just chilling in the hammock and you know just <laughs> posted and um, I would love to just get my hands in the dirt and make my famous uh, tacos de lodo <laughs> and, you know, just grabbing some leaves and, and you know, putting some lodo in there. And to me, it was um, very reminiscent of um, black beans, which we make a lot of in Oaxaca. Um, and then uh, coming over here to the U.S. and growing up with my dad, um, he he always held that practice of smudging and taught me about clearing energy in, in as best ways as, as he could as well, not having a deep, deep knowledge, but still understanding that that was important. Um, and I think that uh, once I, I grew a little bit older, um, I, I was actually connected and introduced into community garden uh, out here in Los Angeles in Gardena by a uh, um, uh, a local middle school janitor who had volunteered so much of his life to build up a community garden for the students to do uh, volunteer hours. A lot of students uh, were, you know, coming in from maybe doing probation hours Mm -hmm. and needed that space. Um, And it was this black man who had come from the South and who had made it a point to, to build community out of this garden. 
And that was the first time that I was introduced into just this concept of growing your own food um, and the the beauty of being able to nourish yourself with your own hands. And then uh, he was also the first person to help put me in a classroom with young people and just, you know, he just said, do what you do. And I, you know, I said, I'm not, I don't, I don't have any training. I'm not a teacher. He's like, yes, but just, just do what, what comes naturally for you. You know, you got this. And so that both started my interest in doing youth work and um, doing uh, work with the land. And eventually I was able to take that back to Santa Barbara in a, in a personal way um, in that I started a practice of just always planting something, whether it would, you know, herbs mm. tend to be a lot more accessible to plant. Mm. Um, but, but eventually I, I had my own space where I could grow out a huge, uh, you know, fairly good sized garden and grow all of the, the milpas and the kale and the tomatoes and the chiles. Um, and, and, um, it's, it's also just become a way to ground myself when I haven't had stable home situations or stable living situations to just be able to always plant something or to always see something grow and find stability in that has been really important for me and an important reminder that um, plants are also can also be your companions, right? Mm-hmm. You can also mm-hmm. walk mm-hmm. with you. Um, and then through that, I have also been connected through some uh, community garden uh, projects in Santa Barbara. So shout out to El Centro Santa Barbara, in, in which we finally got our Somos Semillas project up and running this year. Um, so important because of the pandemic. I was thinking about how in, about interpretation and how so much is happening in interpretation, and especially during these times. We are interpreting from home. We are navigating and trying to survive a pandemic that we're trying to understand. We are learning new tech. Um, we are fighting for justice in our communities. Many of us are parenting, you know. Um, so th- this is all happening while we interpret. Um we're also um, interpreting, so we're, there's like three levels, no? Like we're interpreting the stories of others while we're actually interpreting. Um, then I think that we have our own stories, our own traumas, our own stories of migration or immigration, our own ways that we learned or unlearned language. And then I think about how we also have our ancestors' stories and there are stories of surviving colonialism or surviving, you know, or colonizing others, to be honest. Uh, there are stories of surviving slavery or of having enslaved others. Um, and we have their resilience and their trauma. So I think about all of this is happening in interpreting. And that's why I need support. That's why I need to burn copal ahead of time. That's why I need to have the rose quartz right here, close by, so I can grab it and put it in my heart when I think I'm about to bust out crying in the middle of an interpretation gig. That's why I need the spray. That's why I need the tea. And that's why after I interpret, I go outside and I try to connect with some other senses. I try to shake it out because I I need the support. I cannot do this work. I cannot continue to be a language justice worker. Um, without support. 
I wanted to ask you, Naira, I know that you incorporate like plants and herbs as part of your LJ work. So if you would tell us a little bit about that. I think the best gift that 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 this intersection of movements has given me is just like being able to access the community that I feel like I've always needed because I I think when I'm able to connect language justice work and land sovereignty work that is that is what I found at least in this point in my life where I feel most at home because I'm able to connect um my immigration experience mm. and and the roots and the wisdom and the experiences that I carry from the homeland uh, but I'm also able to connect that with everything that I've learned, you know, while growing up here in the U.S. And I'm mm-hmm. able to 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 build a new community that that um, that I've always needed, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that that's so important about both of these um, spaces, both w- with language workers and with land work. Like there is no, there is no working in silos. Like you're just not going to make it <laughs> if, if yeah. you don't yeah. learn how to work collectively. And, yeah. and it's, it's a very beautiful kind of humbling yourself because it's, 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 I think, um, a very beautiful practice of love. And I guess that, uh, that made me think that, um, right now with, with Aflorad Herbal Collective, um, how part of your work is like passing that on. So I guess um, now's a great time to ask you about Aflorad. Yes, Daira, you so inspire me. It's like so beautiful. beautiful. It's like, you know, we, you know, yes. So it's in community, right? I think that we like understanding that what we do and the healing that we need and that we're going to go through is not, have, does not have to be alone and isolating, mm. right? And so like we can buy herbs, right? All day long from all the different companies, and they come dried and, you know, ready. And you basically like put them in jars and make sure that they're preserved. Right. And then like make your, make your things, right. Make your teas, make your tinctures. Mm. But like, I much rather us get the herbs that are growing here on our land that are in abundance that we can wildcraft um, here or in right. The Southwest or California, like wherever our people are that can get us the goods. Uh, and then process it in community. So it's not so much like, oh, great, like this, I think our capitalist mindset or like our way mm-hmm. of like, we get it and we just ingest it. And it's like, no, wait, like it's a process. And the process along the way, as we do it in community together, actually when, and then when we gift out the mm-hmm. packets of whatever we've done, it's all been made in community. Rarely am I mm-hmm. here just like making my stuff on my own. Like it's always done with people. Then we're able to like gift out that love and that care that's that's done with will you tell us about some of the places where you've gifted it out because I think that's a really yeah yeah so where where has Aflorad like share its gifts yes we started doing we first started with with seeds plant seeds herbal plant seeds and got them um distributed um a few hundred seeds to different people across the country and then we pivoted pretty quickly after the racial uprisings um and in Louisville Kentucky um, with, you know, the, the state violence and the killing of Breonna Taylor and, um, the lack of justice that, you know, we've been fighting for, for over six months here in Louisville. And we started making herbal care kits. And so teas, bath salts, breathe steams, and getting those out, um, to folks that are, you know, caretakers, protesters, organizers, 
And then we've done some work with, um, with, you know, with the language justice workers, got some kits sent out um, to folks across the country in Puerto Rico, Mm -hmm. uh, and then have also partnered with Track for Movements to do some work uh, locally and nationally as they um, expand their work uh, to provide um, trauma support and herbal healing circles um, on the ground. Um, in different in different communities, but we've given out about 500 kits since the beginning of the summer. Sada had this great idea of um, you all bringing some recipes for our listeners, and so I wanted to uh, ask you all uh, when you thought about the Cervez Escucha listeners, or when you thought about like the language justice uh, workers crews, like what what gifts, what recipes, what medicine do you want to? offer us. I wanted to just share uh, um, a blend of herbs that I use when I need to just decompress, care for myself, nurture. Uh, and it's a blend of calendula, yarrow, and lavender. Um, the lavender, I, I think most of us, you know, can, can easily access and, and, and know or recognize it, uh, as an herb that really helps us relax, um, really helps us unwind. And so for me, um, I also, I also pre pandemic, uh, also practiced, um, going to sweat lodges, uh, out in Ventura on Chumash land. And I remember uh, the the mentor, Ana Becerra, the mujer who uh, pours the sweat lodges, would always, after the copal, she would always, you know, throw in some lavender seeds and just say, let me add some sweetness to your life. Mm. So I just want to honor that that whenever I, I, I think about lavender, I, I think about her and, and all of the ways she reminds me to to add sweetness in my life, even when things get rough, especially in the sweat lodge where you're sweating, sweating, you know. Um, and then after that is some yarrow, um, which really uh, helps with just calming the nerves, um, addressing just any issues of depression and anxiety. For me, yarrow has been a really good companion. And actually, in my transition over here to LA, I was gifted a yarrow plant um, that I've been able to um, to access and 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 use and just share space with. So again, plantitas as companions too. Um, and then finally, calendula, which is a really good support for your immune system, for your lymph nodes. Uh, and I wanted to also put that as an offering, uh, being that it's a, it's a pariente of the, the cempasuchil that we use for our Dia de los Muertos ofrendas mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. season. So for me, this is like a really a sweet uh, fall blend that just kind of helps me fall into these, these vibes of just warming and nourishing myself. That's awesome. Sara? Yes, in the same vein of the fall and the, and the changing uh, temperatures, I came up with this Cévese Escuchate <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> for you all. So, uh, <laughs> so the, the, the first ingredient is, uh, and you know, I think we're onto something here. Like, you know, we're going to have the Cévese Escuchate blend for every uh-huh. season, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> So the first ingredient is ginger, uh, and ginger really helps to warm the body. This is great for, you know, we're sitting behind these, these screens, these, you know, you've interpreted for several hours. You're like, your brain is like going through, uh, 
you know, hyper kind of like your eyes are moving fast. So, you know, this is a great blend for uh, your throat and for your belly and to just warm you up. And then I, so I'd take about 10 pesitos and throw it in um, the hot water. And then I like the juice of, of, of an orange, um, half an orange or a whole orange. Uh, this is really lightening and brightening and awakening, helps uh, bring in the vitamin C and just like gets you, you know, um, it can shift energy as you're like sitting in these spaces for hours. Um, and then honey, which is super soothing, also great for allergies, good for your throat after you've been talking for a long time. Uh, and this is actually honey that's been infused with chamomile and lavender. So that also adds this little like calming, soothing effect. Um, but just use, you know, any kind of honey you have. But if you do have the time to just soak some honey in herbs, it's a great addition to any tea. And so uh, that's my cerveza escucha. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. So I was also thinking as an interpreter, kind of some of the things that I have to deal with. And I wanted to ask you like, um, for certain things, and then you tell me like which herb, which remedio like comes comes to mind. So the first thing I wanted to ask you all was about sleep, because I think for me, um, sleep is such an important component to be able to provide good interpretation the next day. So who's your like go to sleep uh, companion remedio? Yeah, skull skull cap. That's the sleep herb. Uh, It is part of the mint family. Uh, You can use it during the day for balance if you are like overworking. But then um, at night, it'll it'll just put you right to sleep. You can take a tea or a tincture. I use lemon balm. That Mm. is something uh, plantita that was introduced to me just uh, maybe in the last year and a half or so. And shout out to my prima. For that um yeah and lemon balm is just really soothing it helps calm me i wake up the next morning and my skin feels happy so that means i got good rest yeah nice uh what about focus what would you all recommend for focus i want to uh, bring in peppermint um and i actually woke up a little late today and <laughs> what i did is i rubbed some peppermint oil um on my wrist because that is um a smell you don't even have to t- take it in as tea but you can that just uh wakes me up brings me into uh the present moment uh and, and yeah it really helps me focus in and really lightens all my senses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm feeling really attracted to uh grounding so anything that helps me to ground then helps me to focus right and so definitely like some kind of like grounding meditation, but I'm feeling like Mm. super like green, like winter green or, Mm. you know, or the pine or the cedar, right? Which Mm -hmm. you can use in a smudge or you can use in oils. What about um, memory? Do you have anything that you recommend for memory? The Romero rosemary, uh, just smelling that when you're studying maybe the night before, if you're studying those terms, vocabulary, whatever it is that you're doing, to mm. test, smelling that uh, while you're doing it, while you're studying, and then again, having it on hand during your assignment, just kind of, re- re- kind of bringing in that connection to your brain, right, through um, uh, the sense of smell uh, mm-hmm. will help you with memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would just add um, eucalyptus. 
Mm. So you could even mix the eucalyptus and the and the rosemary together. What about like decompressing, letting go, kind of like soltando, just kind of like uh, putting that energy out of you? What uh, what herbs, what things would you recommend for that kind of like decompressing? I would say uh, smoke. So anything that you can get to smoke, um, not necessarily inhale smoke, but the smoke and the and the cleansing that the smoke itself does. So if you can get the cedar or the pine or sage or palo santo, if you have those, if you don't have those, you can wildcraft in your probably where you live, cresote, mm. right? And and create bundles. You can smoke lavender, uh, and so I think that. Yeah, the, the, both the smell of the herb, but then also the smoke and the mm-hmm. cleansing mm-hmm. space and of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Naira, is there anything else that comes to mind for you? I agree with, with definitely the smoke. I also want to bring into the space um, basil, just any kind of basil and whether you take it as tea. It's also, you know, a, a holy basil, uh, the purple basil is, is something that is used a lot in limpias. You know, and um, and so th- th- it it has those cleansing properties, right? To to take away those uh, those energies that that we no longer need. So, any ways that we can use basil, whether it's in a tea, whether it is you know uh, rubbing ourselves down with fresh mm. basil, um, I think the, the the scent is is very potent, but also very loving as well. So that's a good decompressing herb. And Naira, you talked about food. So I don't know if there's like a food that you kind of you're like recommend um, for interpreters or for language workers, like, because I think that's a really interesting part of it, too. Like you're not just like the teas, um, but also like the, the food that we're eating. So is there any like tricks that you have there? Yeah. Oh, I could. I, there's a, a lot that I, I think I've been learning, especially in, in this uh, year in 2020. Um, but I, I think the most basic concept that I'd, I'd like to offer folks is one, just find out what your ancestors ate, like what those traditional foods are. And try to tap into some of what, um, you know, those those superfoods, those quote unquote superfoods that that we call now that that really do. Yeah. Come 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 packed with a lot of what we need to give us energy. And so for me right now, I love um, working with nopales, uh, cactus leaves, um, and I make those in smoothies Um so, you know, putting nopales into a smoothie or having a nopalito salad, anything like that um, is is really nice for for my stomach, but also for my energy. And um, it's it's a really good way to also just hydrate. And I think that's my other piece is like, mm. how can we use our plantitas or, you know, infusing um, mm. our waters with herbs? But just how do we how do we use the food that we eat to also stay hydrated? So, you know, the cucumbers, the fresas, anything that already contains water is going to you know nourish us in, in both of those ways. I just want to add one piece that, um, you know, as 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 language workers, I I do believe that that land work is an inherent connection to language because language teaches us so much about how we 
connect to the world around us. And when we do language work that helps us affirm and preserve and elevate a lot of the languages and traditions that teach us of different ways to relate to the land, then I think that that's also a really important um, healing collective journey. So I also just want to um, acknowledge all of the, the ancestral wisdom that lies in indigenous languages, you know, was that uh, I, I have um, the opportunity to work with a lot of uh, communities and pueblos originarios from Oaxaca, uh, primarily the Mixteco, uh, Nusavi people who are people of the rain, and Zapoteco people, uh, the Benza people who are people of the clouds. And I think just inherently we, what drives me the most in language justice and land work is um, land sovereignty and just autonomy, collective autonomy. And I, and I find that intersection so beautifully in that space. So I just wanna honor that, that, that a lot of the work whether we're working with indigenous languages or not, but um, by being language workers with a language justice focus, we uh, we are able to 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 bridge that space in which we can uh, connect people back to to I think something much deeper and much um, very ancestral. Ay, compas, thank you so much. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for your offerings. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for sharing your plantita friends with us. Um, I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the space. Thank you so much to Naida and Sara. I'm Ada Volkmer of the Center for Participatory Change. Uh, like we said, this is the last episode of season three, so I want to take this opportunity to say gracias to a couple of folks. Thank you, CPC, for making a third season of the podcast possible. Thank you, Drew, for all the last-minute copy editing. Thank you to mi changuito, mi viejo, Michael, for putting up with uh, making a podcast at home and all the advice, checking my English, uh, checking the editing, all the things. Uh, of course, infinitas gracias to our editor, Manuel. We have recorded and produced this whole season desde cuarentena from our houses, over thousands of WhatsApp messages and a lot of GIFs. So muchas gracias, primo. Ya saben, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. If you have a friend, compa, or colleague that you think would enjoy the podcast, please share it with them. Subscribe, rate, like, follow Cerveza Escucha on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, we're at SVSE Podcast. You can also email us at svsepodcast at gmail.com. Stay in touch. This episode edited by Somos Demente. Music by Combo Chimbita. Chimbita.